Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, it's Glenn James. This message is being played at the start of all podcasts that Simo Interactive produces. It has come to my attention that there was a licensing issue with the music that we were using for our shows. And until that issue is resolved, and it might take a couple of weeks because I'm overseas at the moment, I've just decided out of an abundance of caution, I would stop using any music until we've resolved the issue. So if you are new to the podcast, you probably won't notice anything different. If it's not your first time, this is why there is no music in the episodes at this time. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. Here's a fun hypothetical. Where should you invest $1 million according to the professionals? Bloomberg, if you're familiar with their work, they're a very large financial powerhouse in the media. They asked four experts to reveal where they drop seven-figure fortune. But guess what? You don't need seven figures to listen, to learn, and to maybe follow their advice. None of these particular investments they have are beholden to somebody with a seven-figure income. In fact, they gave some ideas how to replicate these types of ideas using ETFs that are broadly based and available right now. So, whether you have a million dollars or $10, this episode's for you. Where to invest your money, according to four experts, right now. You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. Have you heard people say investing is like politics? You never truly get a consensus. You ask one person, hey, where should I invest my money? You get this answer. You ask another person, you get a different answer. You ask another person, you get a different answer. You talk to your crazy uncle at the dinner table. And, well, maybe don't. Don't talk to your crazy uncle. My crazy uncle's always trying to tell me to buy gold. Like, always. Like, Nick, buy gold. Gold's where it's at. Nick, I heard you got this investing podcast. You want me to come on and talk about gold? I'm like, no. No, I don't. If you look at the history, like the last 20, 30 years, of the S&P 500 versus the returns of gold, I I don't buy the gold hype. The S&P 500, a broad-based index company based on the 500 largest companies in America, crushes the returns of gold. I'm going to stick with the thing that has proven to be a 10% annualized return over the last 100-plus years. You can keep your gold and your tinfoil hat. We're going to move on. Anyway, so investing, like politics, you never get a consensus. That's also the beauty of investing, at least. Politics is messy. Bloomberg asked four of their top game theory money pros where they'd put a million bucks now. I love game theory. Their answers were very different. Fortunately, we don't have to be millionaires to take advantage of their ideas. They looked at different ETFs that follow these strategies, and let's get into it. Idea number one, the unloved sectors play. Marta Norton, the American chief investment officer at the UK-based Morningstar Wealth, has a bullish take on the economy right now. Tech has led the U.S. stock market exchange this year, but she sees value in other sectors, particularly unloved ones. Banking, materials, and MLPs, master 
Limited Partnerships. If you don't know what Master Limited Partnership is, don't feel bad. Master Limited Partnerships, also known as MLPs, are publicly traded partnerships. There's one person, typically the general partner, owns 2% of this thing. And then there's 98% of other people that buy into the master partnership. If it was like a corporation, you'd have the one person, let's say Zuckerberg, owns a portion of the company, and then all the other stakeholders own the rest of Facebook. Similar concept to that. And an MLP has liquidity. It's not nearly as liquid as ETFs and stocks, but it's designed to be liquid shares. And the reason why people get into MLPs is to avoid taxes in the United States. MLPs are not taxed entities. The money you get back from the MLP as a member of the MLP, you have to pay taxes on, but you get to write off expenses as depreciation, which is pretty cool. Anyway, it's a big tax loophole, basically. An MLP typically invests in natural resources or real estate. Those are two governed sectors that are allowed to invest in. The government allows this little weird tax loophole. And MLPs, typically industries or natural resources and real estate. So Marta likes the MLPs. Bank shares currently are a pretty big risk. I mean, if you look at the possible and pending credit doom, banks are an interesting play. But a lot of worries were taken out when basically the U.S. Fed said, hey, we had a mini banking crisis, we'll provide liquidity, take all the money you need to fix the banking system. Material stocks, meanwhile, have been stepping up their game in terms of quality. They're not as overpriced as some of the other U.S. sectors like tech. And MLPs offer pretty strong yield. That's why people get into MLPs, because they like the yield, similar to a REIT, some other investment options we've talked about on the show before. If you like yield, if you're into dividend and you want that kind of thing, MLPs might be worth taking a look into. Marta sees potential beyond U.S. borders as well, particularly in emerging markets and certain European pockets like the energy sector. But remember, these are still tied to economic ups and downs and they come with their own unique risks, especially with the global economy hits rough patches. To offset recession risks, she recommends adding a bucket of short-term treasury bonds from the U.S. government, the kind that mature in a year or two or less, currently yielding around 5% on an annualized return. Gives you to have the freedom to adjust your investments if things in the stock market get wild. So if you wanted to follow Marta's advice for Morningstar Wealth, here are some ETFs that you can think about. Consider U.S. banking sector ETFs, iShares, S&P, U.S. Banks, Ticker symbol BNKS has an expense ratio of 0.35%. If you want to get interested or kind of like have the MLP play but not get into a master limited partnership, you could buy Materials Sector Spider Fund XLB or Illyrian MLP ETF, which actually is an ETF that invests in MLPs. Ticker symbol is AMLP has kind of a high expense ratio of 0.87. Alternatively, you could also look at the Vanguard small cap ETF, ticker symbol VBR, expense ratio 0.07. Now we're talking. And the Vanguard small cap has 30% exposure to all of these sectors, but focuses on smaller stocks. That way you get a larger beta. And then finally, if you were thinking about What's the guaranteed look you can look at, but you don't want to like actually go through the hassle of buying treasuries or you're not a U.S. citizen. You can look at the iShares one to three year treasury yield bond. 
Ticker symbol SHY. Expense ratio 0.15%. Okay, professional number two, South Korean bank play. Forget K-pop, Korean banks are where the excitement is. Henry Malari Dunar. That's a tough name. I guarantee I butched it. Henry, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Henry's the chief investment officer in global emerging market equities at the Chicago-based Ariel Investments. And he is a big old fan of South Korean investments. He expects higher shareholder return for banks to be the catalyst for higher share prices. The Korean government is warming up to the idea of giving companies profit back to shareholders. This is something that the Korean government has been slightly negative on in the past, and they are looking at, look, easing corporate restrictions following in the wake of the U.S. kind of banking boom as regulations went down and things turned into a wild, wild west over here. The stock market did do well. So Korea's like, look, obviously America's the beacon of a hot mess of government. Let's follow their ideas and see if it works. So they're rolling the dice. They're warming up to the idea of companies giving some of their profits back to shareholders, but the change will likely be gradual. Case in point, Korean banks returned about 24% of the net profits to shareholders last year through dividends and share buybacks, while overseas banks returned 64%. So they're slow, but they're seeing that see if it works out. Two banks particularly stand out to Henry, KB Financial and HANA Financial. Usually when a bank stock is selling 60 or 70% less than it's worth on paper, which is known as the book value, that is a red flag. It often means they're dealing with some not-so-great loans, but in Korea, it's a different story. The sector's loan growth has been slow and steady. It's not caught up in the kind of phrenic lending bubble that sometimes you see in other countries. Plus, banks are playing it safe with mortgages, sticking to conservative, get this, 50% loan to value. You have to put down 50% down payment. 50%. It's like you're going to have three generations living in the parents' basement before someone comes up with a 50% loan to value. What's more, the sector is still super cheap. The share prices of Korean banks could double in the next 18 to 24 months, and prices would still be lower than banks in most parts of the world. So you want to look at an ETF play here? Here's some thoughts. To gain exposure to South Korean stocks in general, you can invest in the iShares MSCI Korea ETF, ticker symbol CSKR. Expense ratio 0.65%. To gain exposure specifically to the financial sector, you can invest in Samsung Codex Bank ETF. Again, it's a codex, so it's a number instead of a ticker symbol, 91170. And it has an expense ratio of 0.45%. Or pick and choose a few individual South Korean banks and give it a roll. After the break, we're going to talk about idea number three and four, treasuries, gold, and buffer ETFs. We will be right back. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, welcome back. I started the show talking about my crazy uncle and his love for gold. And here we are. Idea number three. One of the professionals that Bloomberg interviewed is now on board with my crazy uncle. Liz Young, the head investment strategist at San Francisco-based SoFi, which you know because I did an episode on it two weeks ago. She's a little more cautious than the other two analysts, especially with market valuations being so high. Think of NVIDIA. You got to make a lot of money in the future NVIDIA to make up for this crazy stock price. She recommends adding more treasury bonds to your portfolio, she figures that treasury yields, especially the two-year ones, won't likely climb any higher from where they are right now, hovering around the Federal Reserve's key rate. Buying treasuries now means you'll get over a 5% yield, letting you kick back and see how things handle in the crazy wild world to come. She also recommends picking up some gold. Liz, hanging off my uncle, talking gold. Right now, there's a ton of uncertainty about which way interest rates will move next, and that's injecting some fresh volatility into the current market cycle. So let's face it, currencies and interest rates tend to affect just about everything. And gold historically has been a good hedge against that volatility. And I guess that's the key difference is if you're looking at gold as being an investment, it's not a great one. If you're looking at gold as being a hedge, you know, that's something you can work with. A hedge is something that helps offset performance. If your stocks go down, hopefully it's going to go up and kind of balance it out. A true investment where you're like ignoring the stock market, you're ignoring historical realities that have been out there, you know, 100 plus years of the stock market going up and to the right as compared to a very volatile gold, which is just crazy. Anyway, Liz says to if you want to hedge, if you're already invested, look at gold. Crazy uncle says just go gold. So if you want to follow Liz into the wild world of treasuries and gold, what ETFs should you look for? You can consider the iShares 1-3 year treasury bond ETF. Again, ticker symbol SHY with an expense of 0.15. And to look at gold, SPDR, the Spider Gold Shares, ticker symbol is GLD with a 0.4%. And that will give you Liz from SoFi's hedge portfolio. Let's look at idea number four. This one's a little wild. Buffer ETFs. Are you familiar with buffer ETFs? I wasn't very familiar, I will say right off the bat. Phil Knight, who's the managing director and partner at Houston-based Americana Partners, has his eye on something a little different. They're called buffer ETFs, which are also known as defined outcome ETFs. These special funds track indexes like the S&P 500, And they also, it's like they're trying to sell you an insurance policy within the ETF. They limit your potential losses while also capping your gains. Here's an example. If the market keeps rising, you can enjoy the gains 
that much of the market will gain over the year, but only to a certain limit. Typically, the buffer ETFs cap you at 12 to 14%. But hey, that's, you know, not awful. That's lower than most Wall Street analysts are projecting the market to do. So you're you're hedging or you're capping yourself at maybe if it goes, let's say the market does a 30% year and you, you've stopped yourself at 12. However, people who are a little gun shy, people who are scared of losing money, people who want a little bit more value ba- built in, I mean, a value, but certainty built in, they're thinking, what could happen if things go sideways? What if things go opposite? What if the interest rates send markets tumbling another 10 or 20%? These ETFs, the buffer ETFs, would protect you from the first 15% of your losses. So if you hang on to the ETFs for the full 12-month term, you're almost guaranteed to perform better than the market if the index goes south. These buffer ETFs are easy to buy and to sell, but they don't come cheap. They carry a fee that's typically around 0.85%, which is a lot higher than a regular index fund. And buffer funds could be a smart choice if you're on the cautious side and you don't mind sacrificing some potential returns. But I don't know, when I was working had a large financial firm here in the States some, I don't know, 15 years ago now. The uh, the safe indexed annuity was kind of the deal. Variable-based, people were getting into annuities. They were paying really high fees, but they came with some downside protection, but they also capped your upside. And it's it's a little bit of the same old story. Like People are always trying to create like the perfect storm And in these things, it just seems like the people that really win are the companies that are managing the money because they're paying a much higher, you're paying them a much higher fee to get exposure to the S&P 500. But like this fund still lets you drop 15% before it caps you at your losses. And why are they willing to do that? Because they have actuaries that have done the math, that have looked at the history, and that are willing to take the risk because they know that the fee that they're charging you is most likely going to protect them more than their buffer ETF is going to protect you. When I was researching this episode, I actually found the latest S&P 500 buffer ETF comes with 100% downside protection. So what do they know? Innovator Capital Management is the pioneer of the buffer ETF and has just launched a new version of the Buffer ETF offering 100% downside protection. And yeah, sure, it sounds pretty amazing, but it comes with a catch. Let's look at how these funds work so you can decide whether you think it's worth an investment, and I'm going to tell you it's probably not. Again, they offer you, you know, typically they're capping you 10-15% loss. This one's looking at 100% buffer. They've attracted industry giants like BlackRock, and they've drawn in 5 billion dollars of inflow in 2023. That's a lot of money. Even before they came around, investment banks were offering clients structured notes and hybrid products and things like that. I know some folks that have gotten into some structured notes. And it's it's all, again, just kind of the same cycle with different names. But people are sensing opportunity and investment capital management launched the first buffer ETFs in 2018. And since then, it's continued to expand and expand. There's 50 different funds just from innovator capital management with over $12 billion in assets. And now they're looking at 100% coverage. So should you invest in a buffer fund? I don't know. 
Buffer funds might seem like a good option if you're a conservative investor, you're willing to sacrifice potential returns in exchange for protection against losses. Maybe if you're like you're heading into retirement, and if you're a millennial heading into retirement, congratulations. I want to be your friend. Like, can we talk? Like, what did you do for a living that you're retiring in your early 40s, late 30s? I think as investors, we need to just take a bigger view. We need to look more long-term. Like, it's not worth giving up some of the upside. And you could be giving up a lot of the upside. A lot of times when the market falls 30%, the next year it bounces back 30 40%. Like, if you look at the history of things, which is what the actuaries behind these products are doing, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot. The risk has already happened. Like the big bad goblin of uh, the depreciation happened in 2021 and 2022. If you're now buying buffer ETFs in 2023, you're capping what's probably the start of a new bull run here. You don't want to cap yourself once the damage has already been done. Would a buffer ETF have worked in 2022? Yes, you would have done well. But I wouldn't I'm not personally putting my money in a buffer ETF in 2023, but if you want to, here is some options. You could consider the Innovator U.S. Equity Power Buffer ETF. Again, these are 12-month terms, so each month there's a new ticker symbol. September, uh, October, uh, I don't have the October one. See, November, you could do ticker symbol PNOV. If you want to buy in in December, you could do PDEC, and they carry expenses of 0.8%. Listen, probably just trust the system. Buy broad-based index funds. I do have some treasuries. I, you know, that's a good yield. It seems to make sense. It's basically free money at this point. If inflation comes down, I'm going to be happy with my two-year treasuries. But long-term, long-term, I'm betting my money that the economies of, you know, not just emerging markets, but proven economies, large economies, America, London, Europe, Australia will continue to outpace inflation and I'll be able to retire one day a millionaire and be happy to say that I didn't waste my money on a buffer ETF. But I might look into the MLPs. It's a little interesting. I haven't done a lot of research there, but some of these ideas are fun and that's why we do the investigation. We want to have a little bit of fun in our investing world, but we want to make good decisions and good decisions are typically betting on broad-based index funds with low index fees and that's the way that people have been made millionaires time and time again. Make the plan, stick to the plan, but keep coming back for interesting ideas. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.